Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to episode number 118 of Thyroid Nation Radio live talk show and podcast brought to you by Just Thrive Probiotics. I'm Dana. And I'm Tiffany and we'll be your host for today. Today we are talking with naturopathic doctor, professional midwife, clinical nutritionist, best-selling author, researcher, natural products formulator, and mother, single mother, I believe, of one amazing daughter, uh, Dr. Donnie Wilson, about genetics, stress, adrenals, thyroid, you name it. She is a well-recognized expert on stress-related illness, and she's actually one of our personal favorites, um, and she, we call them clonable docs. We wish we could clone them. <laughs> We are so excited to have her back on the show. But before we grab her, we wanted to mention our favorite, favorite uh, sponsor, our only sponsor. But we did wait for a sponsor till we uh, hooked up with one that we felt really comfortable with and one we really believed in, and that is Just Thrive Probiotic. You can find them at thriveprobiotic.com. You want to talk about it, Tiff? Yeah, just a couple things. I want to make sure that um, that people go to thriveprobiotic.com and sign up for their their email because they have all kinds of um, webinars that explain the difference between Just Thrive and other probiotics. And Just Thrive is a spore-based probiotic. It's very different than other probiotics. And Kieran Krishnan, uh, we had him on Thyroid Nation, and he invited everybody to follow him on Facebook because there's all kinds of new information that comes out. Um, plus, you can follow uh, the vitamin K2, the K27, um, the webinars that involve autism and Just Thrive Probiotics. You know, they do evidence-based uh, testing and share the results, and it is a very, very different probiotic. And uh, I take it personally, so does Dana, and we are so excited because we wanted a sponsor that we really truly believed in, not just someone that you know was going to sponsor the show, and we just said what they wanted us to say. This is not the relationship at all, and that was, that was huge for me. So I encourage people um, to follow these uh, amazing studies that they put on there uh, and link you up to through uh, the webinars, through the email, and you can see the 30-day evidence-based um, uh, testing that gets done that shows, you know, like one showed that the spore-based probiotic, 42% uh, reduction in endotoxins, 24% reduction in triglycerides. Just it is documented. And so get on that website and get on their email list, thriveprobiotic.com, and learn about this probiotic. Don't just grab a probiotic off a shelf and take it because there's potential problems with that. you got to know what you're taking. So follow the email. They'll explain to you. It's truly amazing, and I know that was totally longer than I should have done. But um, <laughs> Boy, I'm sold. 
and I take it. Right, reducing <laughs> leaky gut syndrome. I mean, here's the thing, right? I couldn't sell squat to anybody if I didn't believe in it. But if I believed in believe in it, it's 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 easy for me. It's a no-brainer. So I don't want you to take it from me and Dana. I want you to get on their website. I want you to learn what they have to say, and 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 do it. Ah, okay. That's my professional. My eh, do it. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> Dr. Just Johnny's do it. The line, Just shaking her thrive. head. Saying, oh my God. I love it. <laughs> I believe one of our favorite docs is uh, with us, Dr. Donnie Wilson. I know, right? Yep. So let's get this thyroid nation thriving. Good morning, Dr. Donnie. Good morning. <laughs> How are you today? I'm doing well, thank you. Now, are you calling in from New York or Connecticut? Where are you today? I know. Well, yesterday I was in Connecticut. This morning I'm in New York. I know it's it's just... I'm I'm right on the north shore of Long Island, so it's really only 20 miles across the water to Connecticut. Um, so I go back and forth. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So how do you make that jaunt between the two places? I wish there was a bridge. Car yeah, but that'd that? be nice if there was a bridge, right? But it's um, there's a ferry. <laughs> it's a uh, <laughs> you can you can drive on the ferry, and um, or you could walk on the ferry. But I usually drive because I. Um, then can drive to my office on the Connecticut side. Oh, that sounds that's kind, kind of nice, fun and though. therapeutic all in itself, yeah, that's right? That's what I was going to say. <laughs> it is. You know, you you guys know me. I'm always thinking of ways to insert a little bit of stress reduction everywhere I can. And a boat ride, most times, you know, there are days where it gets a little bit rough and you're glad when the ride is over. But most days it's it's beautiful, right on the water, and um, a nice chance to just, it's better than trying to drive in traffic, that's for sure. For sure. That's what I was yeah. wondering. So how long does that ferry take you? How long does that trip take you from one place to the next? Well, the ferry is about an hour, um, wow. and then just depending on traffic, um, you know, um, on the other end, other end, it could be another half hour, or a little bit longer. Um, how many times? Pretty pretty how many times a week do you do that? Um, well, you know, this is the thing is, and, and sometimes, you know, <laughs> one of the ways that I have become a expert in stress is because I, te- I, I <laughs> joke with myself, I tend to, to you know, find, I'm always looking for how to master stress, right? I mean, I really believe that there's a healthy way to be stressed, um, and it's not about avoiding stress. Um, you know, so you 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 guys know that about me, but it's you know it's always about it's not that we're our goal is not how can I have zero stress and just stay in one place and and do nothing. It's how to do the things we enjoy and that we're passionate about, but also support our bodies under stress at that same time. So um, yeah, so we can we can talk more about that. But yeah, my I have an office as well in Manhattan, and I help people help people all over the country and all over the world. Um, because we can also do, you know, phone and internet type work together. Um, but, um, but yeah, I tend to be the kind of person who likes to have variety is the way I say it. So I like to go to, uh, you know, some days of the week I go to Manhattan, some days of the week I go to Connecticut, some days I'm in my home office. And um, I think it actually comes, the reason that I've created that for myself is because I grew up moving. Um, My family moved um, 10 times by the time I graduated from high school. 
Um, so I went to, I was always moving towns and moving schools, and that was one of the main stresses I grew up with, was always going to a new place and needing to meet new people. Um, and um, so that was really, stress was really a constant in my life, but I was also, I had a lot of awareness for that stress because my my mom was always communicating with my sister and I about that, you know, like, yes, this is going to be stressful, but here's the things we can do to help ourselves get through it, and we're going to get through oh, wow. it. And so I, I grew up with that kind of um, mentality about stress, that there's a way to be aware of it and a way to support ourselves through it. Um and I think that's what carried me through to my interest um, in in helping people, you know, every day with their health is to help them understand that when we look at our bodies as, you know, we know each of us has diff- has had different stress exposure, right? I mean, sometimes it's, you know, we all have day-to-day stresses, deadlines and things we need to get done, financial stresses, sometimes relationship stresses. There's also sometimes big stresses, major crises or or, uh, death and grief or, uh, you know, abuse, you know, things that um, are major stresses. We know that, um, for example, at least one out of four children is exposed to adverse stress in childhood as well. And so we know all of those stresses are there. And it's if we were going to totally just focus on that, we could stress ourselves out just thinking about all the stresses. (laughs) You know, and there, right? there are studies on that, and I think that's why sometimes people tend to either dismiss it or or sort of push it under the rug because it's like, well, of course we all have stress. We can't do anything about it. What you know? So I look at it a different way. I look at it as, no, let's embrace the stress we're exposed to. It's part of life, and if we can embrace it and then really support ourselves, understand what kind of support our bodies need to stay healthy while stressed, that's really our goal, right? Because our goal is how can we obtain optimal health for as long as possible? You know, how can we be having good energy, good mood, good sleep, good experiences, um, and hopefully um, delay, you know, um, or, or, or prevent chronic illnesses, um, as much as possible, and so if that's our goal, then we can, you know, come back to looking at how stress affects us. And the way I think of it now is, I think of it as reverse engineering it. We're going to reverse mm. engineer the effect of stress. So to to reverse engineer something, we first have to understand the forward. You know, how does stress affect us? And once we understand that, we can reverse engineer it to help ourselves be well again. Many thoughts are going in my brain, so I just want right. to sit here for just a second because I can go in lots of different directions with what you just said. You know, and go ahead, Tiff. I love more than anything that you point out. It's not that you know we need to avoid stress because that's something yeah. I think, like you said, that that causes people additional stress when people say, "Well, you need to reduce your stress." Mm-hmm. You're like, I have a job and four kids and a marriage and a life. And, you know, I live next to a military base that, you know, when there's bombing, my windows shake. And these are, these are factors that I can't control. So I know that, you know, and it causes me stress when people say you need to reduce your stress. I'm like, well, that, that's, not really, that's not really possible. So I love the fact that you point out it's not about reducing the stress and things that are stressful. It's more about 
how you handle that and and other things that you that you bring in like you said you know beauty and color and these other things that sort of offset that i just love that it's how you <laughs> move love you. that's how you that's how you move through the stress right it's how you flow right. through it I'm mm-hmm. so going to just change everything about the way I think about stress now from this conversation moving forward. That I'm feels so, so good. It feels like a weight has been lifted. Seriously, we're just going to move through the stress. We're going to flow mm-hmm. through it, and we're going to learn all these different tips and tricks and ways to to make it you know, livable because, mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. When people say you need to get rid of your stress, I'm like, okay, these people are crazy. <laughs> so Yeah, it feels, does. It feels like feels a dead better. end. Right. Yeah, so we don't. Why? Why? You know, the or sometimes people will go into the doctor's office and they're like, "Okay, I'm, you know, I can't sleep, or I have anxiety, or I have a thyroid issue, and maybe or autoimmunity." And the doctor says, "Well, this is caused by stress," and that's the end of the story. Then the person walks out and they're like, "Okay, now what?" Because, like you're saying, right. it feels like a dead Reduce end. Reduce your stress. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, okay, I, can I go okay. to an island somewhere for the rest of my life? You know, it's, it's, so it's, yeah, so we have, it's just a matter of kind of becoming aware of it enough to kind of stand back and go, okay, yes, we know that stress has some predictable effects and we know it can show up in, in the body. And I can, I'm happy to talk that through because I'd love to share that mm-hmm. part too. So people mm-hmm. can really learn how to reverse engineer it. It's, when, once we see that, then we can really figure out, and each of us can figure out, what are the things I can do on a daily basis to help my body constantly recover from stress? Because really, our bodies were built to be stressed. You know, this is not like stress just New showed stuff. up recently. Right. <laughs> this is in our design, right? Right, right. Yes. It's, it's in our design. We were, we have, that's what our, our genetics our, and our physiology and our hormones and everything were, were built knowing that we were going to experience stress. So it's, I think, just a matter of really understanding that. And the cool thing is it also, the best way to understand how stress affects us is to understand that our body is completely interconnected. It's not that, you know, something going on in your digestion is is different than what's going on in your thyroid or is different than not being able to sleep. To me, it's it's so interconnected, we can't even separate that out. Um, and so it also, this way of looking at the body, it really requires that we look at the body as a whole and, and understand those interconnections. And there, there are some people, uh, Dr. Donnie, that can actually arrive at a thyroid problem because of an uncontrolled, un, <laughs> new language mm-hmm. here, because of an uncontrolled stress issue, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, I mean, and I would say that to me it's all about the stress because, I mean, we know that say if, say the thyroid function, um, if we think of it as if the thyroid is, you know, happy as can be, doing as best as it can, you know, then it's functioning at 100% on its own, right? And it's, that's what would produce the best symptomology, feeling good, right? You have best energy, your, your brain is working good, your weight is optimal, digestion's great, because thyroid affects all those different systems in our body, right? So if, if thyroid's at 100%, then everything else should be working really good too, that thyroid affects. And when we're when we're stressed now, whether this is a 
emotional stress, right? Like we've been mostly talking about stresses from that are considered like an emotional stress, you know, like a a work or a life stress. Yes, those can decrease thyroid function um, because it whenever we experience stress in our body, you see, because our brains, right, our brains pick up on stress. Our pain, even if our eyes are closed and, <laughs> you know, our right. brain can perceive a stress, even if it is a loud noise outside. And I would argue that stress also includes things like not getting enough sleep, you know, for whatever reason. If we just got less than seven hours of sleep, already our body's responding to that as a stress. Or if it's that we eat a bunch of sugar and our blood sugar's all up and down, that's a stress on the body. Or say it's a toxin exposure in the air or the water or a mold exposure in your home. All of these things, the body immediately is going to help us respond, right? It's going to go, oh, here's this toxin or here's this lack of sleep. And the brain automatically is going to start shifting the signals, you know, so it's going to shift the amount of cortisol that's being produced or shift the amount of adrenaline so that you're still able to be walking around and responding. Your body's automatically making adaptations. And when the body makes those adaptations, like I'll focus on cortisol here because cortisol is a hormone that's such a big player in when it comes to stress. Um, because cortisol, the way I think of it is, and this is based on all the research, I just try to put it in language and ways that we can really use it, right? So we know yeah. the cortisol affects four major systems in the body. We know the cortisol affects digestion, meaning it decreases our ability to digest and increases our likelihood of digestive issues like leaky gut. We know that cortisol affects all the other hormones in the body, including the thyroid. So as soon as cortisol goes a little too high or a little too low because of stress, it's going to affect the thyroid function. So that's why I would say anytime there's a stress, there's a chance it's going to decrease thyroid function down from 100%. Maybe it goes to 90% or maybe it goes to 70% or 50%. That depends kind of on the person and other factors. But whenever that stress happens and cortisol changes because of it, it's going to have some influence on thyroid function as well as the other hormones in the body. It could affect insulin and blood sugar. It could affect ovarian hormones, um, any hormone you can think of. The other two systems the cortisol affects, just to be complete with that thought, is that cortisol affects the nervous system. So the nervous system would be um, like the neurotransmitters, like serotonin and GABA and glutamate and the guys that have to do with mood and focus. Um, and energy, you know, those, those messengers in the nervous system. And then the fourth area that cortisol affects is the immune system. So this is why when we're exposed to stresses of various types, it affects how our immune system works and we become more likely to catch a cold or have more allergies or even more likely to experience autoimmunity. Now, we also know that is it at least 90% of people who have thyroid issues have an autoimmune thyroid issue, right? right? So what's happening is stress, stress the immune system, the cortisol affects the immune system, put it more into an autoimmune pattern, and that autoimmune pattern could then become Graves or Hashimoto's and affect the thyroid. So stress actually could affect the thyroid in a couple different ways. It could go straight cortisol to affecting thyroid hormone production or could be through the immune system and autoimmunity 
affecting thyroid function. I hope I, just that's a, not too complicated, but I try, I'm trying no. to just really give a big picture view. Yeah. Right. And how how about how does cortisol and adrenal stress affect uh leaky gut, Dr. Donnie, which is mm-hmm. kind of a mm-hmm. that Yeah, that pathway too. I love it. Yes, yeah, so what can happen is as the cortisol affects the digestion, we become more likely to develop leaky gut. Leaky gut is, you know, when the intestinal cells that line the intestines are not as healthy as they should be. And so they're allowing undigested food and bacterial toxins to leak through the intestinal wall. People always say to me, where is it leaking? What's leaking and where is it leaking? <laughs> it, right. It's not something you can see. <laughs> it's, you know, sometimes I'll just say, like, think of your intestines almost like a hose, you know, a tube coming down through your digestive tract. And it's made up of little cells. And those cells, Normally, their job is to allow only digested nutrients through. That's how our nutrients get from our food into our bodies is because they, the nutrients go through these cells. And, um, but if the cells are not as healthy, you know, so if, when we're stressed, those cells are not as healthy, now the undigested food like gluten, for example, can leak through the intestinal wall and the immune system starts to try to protect us from that the gluten or the other foods and once that starts happening once the immune system starts trying to protect us from gluten that can then trigger Hashimoto's as a um, as a I think of it like the immune system gets confused right the immune system is seeing going why is all this gluten here I got to protect her from gluten and then it starts noticing the thyroid gland and it goes oh this looks a little bit like gluten maybe I better protect her from the thyroid tissue as well, and that's how that's one theory of how Hashimoto's develops is is that pathway through it's the confused. digestion and mm-hmm. leaky gut. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there are people who potentially could have Hashimoto's mm-hmm. and hypothyroidism, and really just have a primary adrenal issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's possible, yes. correct? Yes, it is. Okay, mm-hmm. so if and, and that I person, even... I'm, I'm going down a road here, Dr. Johnny, hold tight. Go for it. So if mm-hmm. that person did all of these different things, right, they, they fixed their nutrient deficiencies, they did all these different things and took their thyroid medication and this and that and this and that and didn't fix their adrenal issues, they would be somewhat stagnant, correct, in their healing. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point, and I see it all the time. I see it all the time because most people, I mean, first of all, there's definitely so many people who they, they're they not even having anyone pick up that their thyroid is an issue, right, because it's maybe they haven't had blood work or maybe they had blood work and the doctor said, oh, it's close enough, it's normal. But maybe it's just a little bit under-functioning thyroid, right? Maybe it's only down by 90%, but... As you guys know, even a little bit low thyroid function can create a lot of not feeling good. Um, Right. And even low antibodies can be. You know, there are some people that get diagnosed with a TSH of 100 and antibodies of 2,500, and they had no idea that it was a thyroid problem. That always makes me scratch my head. I'm like, oh, my God. It's true. I felt like I was dying at a TSH of 4 and antibodies, you know, less than 300. (laughs) It's true. 
It's true. Yeah, a lot of times people, you're right. There's people where they didn't even have, a, they didn't even realize they were having low thyroid function. Um, and then there's the cases where they're feeling awful, you know, so tired, headaches, weight gain, dry skin, constipation, all those thyroid symptoms. And yet the blood work looks within the normal range. Um, and, you know, we want to address that just as much. But say the example you were giving where the person's taking some, say, Synthroid or another thyroid hormone replacement, and yet they still don't feel well, um, it can be that they still need to address the uh, cortisol, which is the adrenals. You're mentioning adrenal. The cortisol comes from the adrenal glands. And likely they may also need to address the, you know, the leaky gut, the digestion. And, you know, and just, again, go think through how does stress affect this person's body? Let's identify those. If for this person, maybe it is leaky gut. This person, maybe it is adrenals. Maybe it's both. And we need to address all of that in order for them to get, because really what will then end up happening is, they might even recover some of their thyroid function. Maybe they won't require as much of a thyroid dose to fill in the gap, so to speak, because all of a sudden the, the leaky gut is healing, the cortisol is rebalancing, and their thyroid starts working better. Then you, don't, you, you may not need as much um, of a thyroid um, dose to right. fill in. Right, right. That's that, mm-hmm. that fluctuating... You know, and it's even fluctuating within a single person too. I imagine. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, okay. it can fluctuate. So, the numbers. This is a good reason to check your numbers. You know, I know sometimes right. people will maybe not have their thyroid numbers rechecked for a long time, but I really encourage right. checking it, especially if you are. I mean, that's the thing. If if as you start improving your health, it's possible. I always like to tell people it's possible that your thyroid dose may change and decrease because. Now things are improving. And, it, and that answers another question which other patients ask me is, is it possible that my thyroid could improve and I won't need as much thyroid hormone support? And I say, absolutely. I see that all the time where, you know, when we address these things now, thyroid starts working better. And, and you're, we're really only using the thyroid hormone, whether that's Synthroid or T3 or glandular thyroid. We're using them to fill in whatever your thyroid's not able to do to make up the gap to create 100% functioning. Um, you know, if we need less, we decrease the dose. We need less, right? And yeah. that's, you know, that's something that I see, you know, frequently is people that actually fall into the to the hyper category and they don't even realize that it's mm-hmm. because they're over-medicated because maybe they have healed a little bit. You know, and mm-hmm. it doesn't always manifest itself with just palpitations. It can be irritability. Mm-hmm. There can be so many, mm-hmm. so many other things that the the symptoms that can present. You know, uh, even fatigue. You know, like oh, yeah. I'm hyper again, or I'm hypo. You know, mm-hmm. and then they go to their doctor, and then they find out that they actually are a little bit hyper. You know, <laughs> hyper can can create fatigue as well, yeah. and uh, agitation, and all these different things without palpitations. So that's why. Getting checked is so important when you don't feel right. You got to stop into your doctor, and hopefully mm-hmm. they have a doctor like you, Doctor Donnie, because we would just we would love that. And and there's no excuses because because mm-hmm. Doctor Donnie is on Skype, so mm-hmm. there's right. Skype appointments if you're halfway across the country. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. so let's up the ante here a little okay. bit, okay? Mm-hmm. Because we have all heard this before. Every thyroid patient has heard. 
at least a certain extent of this before. But we want to talk about the factor that presents a whole different animal mm-hmm. in the adrenal glands, and that's the MTHFR. What mm-hmm. is it? Mm-hmm. Can you okay. explain to everybody, what, what does this do mm-hmm. that causes us so many problems that mm-hmm. we don't know? Mm-hmm. And why is it so and, common? And just all of a sudden, right? Or it seems yeah. like. I think so, it's just well, getting it's getting pulled out is more, what is what's mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Identified. There we go. There we, we go. We are. We're hearing more and more about MTHFR, aren't we? Yeah. M- MTHFR is quite a mouthful, but it um, um, it's it's just an acronym. That's it's the name of a gene and an enzyme. Um, and MTHFR's job is really pretty simple job. Its job is to turn folic acid into folate. Right, so we think of um, folic acid and folate as a as a B vitamin, right? So we're just talking about a B vitamin that you can you get in a lot of the foods we eat, and you could you know a lot of times it's in a multivitamin. Um, and for many years we were hear, hearing you know how important it was to, for women to take folic acid, especially um, during pregnancy. Um, and um, and sometimes even in lab work, they're used interchangeably, folic acid and folate. You know, sometimes it's it gets right. a little confusing because people think, oh, is that the same thing? Um, on a when we get into the biochemistry of the body and looking at the nutrients, it's folic acid. So F O L I C, folic acid, is actually a created by humans. It's a synthetic nutrient it's not from nature um and folic acid has to get turned into folate f-o-l-a-t-e folate which is found in nature and um our bodies are most able to use folate you know so when i think of it that way it's like of course you know it's going to be hard for a, a certain number of people people's bodies to turn folic acid into folate because folate is the most natural state right that's the kind our bodies are used to using so um but the thing is is that a lot of um for a long time i think because folic acid is you know is uh easy to get it's it's easily made and they were putting it into a lot of packaged products and vitamins and b complexes so i encourage everybody listening to look at you know, look at your vitamins and see, does it say folic acid on there or does it say folate? It might also say methylfolate. Um, methyl is just M-E-T-H-Y-L. So methylfolate is um, is the more, you know, science name of it. Methylfolate is the full name. And um, the MTHFR is named for methyl, you know, tetrahydrofolate reductase so it's the the long name of the gene yeah. so it's a gene that co- we the gene that we have that codes for the conversion from folic acid to folate and the um enzyme is called mthfr so whenever we have so in terms of genetics um you know we have our dna and the dna is made up of two strands and we can have variations on those strands like and these are not major things like usually when people hear the word genetics we talk about stress right people think oh my gosh you know we usually think of a gene as a really bad thing you know in that it might mean some that we're you know 
destined to get some major health issue or right it's like a it's, uh-huh. it's kind of scary usually to think about genetics so i like to really clarify that when when we're talking about the genetics related to biochemistry and nutrition I would say this doesn't need to be a scary thing. This should actually be a very empowering thing. Empowering, because, yes. Yeah, because now we're learning about, we're adding another puzzle piece. We're adding this this right. thing that we didn't know before was that we can influence our genes. So if we have a certain genetic variation related to nutrients and we find out, like say if we find out we have MTHFR, then that means we can change our diet and we can change the nutrients we're swallowing to support our genes better and have a more positive effect down the line. Yes. I have a quick question for you, Dr. Donnie, before I forget. Mm -hmm. And it's Mm -hmm. really, really important to me Mm -hmm. in particular. But um, if, let's just say, it's a hypothetical question, Mm-hmm. A woman is pregnant, and and obviously for for any of of the listeners, mm-hmm. if you are a dad and you're listening, or you're a mom and mm-hmm. you're listening, most importantly, prenatals should be with um, a natural folate. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And okay. and this is now. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I was going to say. So this leads me to my problem. If a woman with the MTHFR genetic variants. Let's just say, for example, Mary's a man with the MTHFR genetic variants, and she's taking, uh, most prenatals are, what, 1,000 micrograms of of folic acid. Mm -hmm. Is it possible that that could create problems in a baby that may potentially Mm -hmm. have MTHFR Mm -hmm. 1, 2, or, God forbid, 3 copies? Mm-hmm. Is that hypothetically possible that that this child mm-hmm. could have problems? And I don't just mean, you know, physical problems or health problems or whatever, but I mean potentially neurotransmission problems and they're offset from the get-go. Is that mm-hmm. potentially hypothetically possible? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's, that's it really calm. That's a lot of the people who reach out to me about MTHFR are parents who are planning a pregnancy or maybe have been struggling to get pregnant because having a MTHFR SNP, we call it a SNP, is a um, is that genetic variation um, is a they call it a single single nucleotide. So it's a, a polymorphism. So we for short we call it a SNP, SNP, right? So someone who has a, say the mom and or the dad have an MTHFR SNP, one or two of them, then it also makes it more likely that the pregnancy might miscarry. So it increases the risk of miscarriage because folate is so important for the very early development of the nervous system in the baby. I mean, if you think about it, see, this is why MTHFR, I think, has gained so much awareness is because folate, this very simple B vitamin, folate, um, it, it has so much influence throughout all of our bodies, not just you know children, but all of us. So folate um, is important for the development of new healthy cells, right? So any healthy new cells in our bodies, as well as new healthy cells in a in a baby or a pregnancy. Um, if there's not enough folate, the cell isn't as healthy as it could be, and there could be an issue right there. 
um, it could also, it has ramifications in cancer risk as well, right? So we're talking if a cell, if a cell isn't as healthy as it could be, it could be a cancer cell. Um, folate also affects the neurotransmitters, which we, you know, we were mentioning before how stress affects neurotransmitters. But yeah, so the production of our serotonin and, and dopamine, as well as the breakdown of our neurotransmitters, is managed by something called SAM. Just S A M. S adenosylmethionine stands for is for SAM, and SAM. The way our bodies make SAM is with both folate and B12 are two of the most important ingredients. So if we, for example, if we're only getting folic acid in our vitamins and we have an MTHFR SNP, that folic acid isn't turning into folate as well as it should be. And now the uh, production of SAM is not what it should be. And when the SAM production is not there, it can affect the nervous system. It can also affect the mitochondria. Maybe you guys probably talked about mitochondria on your show, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I've just yeah. kind of touched on it. Yeah, never yeah. never at any period Not in depth, much. no. Ah, okay, so mitochondria, mitochondria are the little energy producers in every cell in our body is the way I think of them. So, if, you know, if we're thinking of how do we get some energy, right, you wake up and you're like, I feel so tired, where do I get my energy? Your energy is made in every little cell by these things called mitochondria. And the mitochondria basically use our nutrients, especially um, these B vitamins and SAM, to turn it into energy. So if we don't have enough of the B vitamins and the SAM, we're more likely to feel tired. But the other interesting thing about mitochondria is they're very important to the thyroid. So the conversion of T4, right, the thyroid called T4, the initial thyroid hormone has to get converted into T3, and that is reliant on healthy mitochondria. So this is where we start to see the effect of how or why MTHFR is so important to thyroid health, right? If we, if if we, if a person has MTHFR and hasn't optimized the SAM production, it could also be influencing their thyroid function. Now, if if Sam E is low, Dr. Mm-hmm. Donnie, can I dial mm-hmm. you back a little bit? Yes. Would that most likely show up in someone who would be uh, B12 deficient? It, would Great that question. be somewhat of a of a precursor to that potential problem? So when Sam Sam is, it could be B12, it could be folate, and it could also be um, um, B6. The reason I say that, um, you, there, this other big word that we use when we're talking about MTHFR is um, methylation, right? And methylation mm-hmm. is, I, you know what, I kind of renamed it the B vitamin cycle because it's right. just, it's what it our B vitamins are up to. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? right. It's, if you're wondering, like, like, a lot of times people kind of know, hey, if I'm more stressed out, I need to take more B vitamins, right? I mean, it's Because the adrenal people, glands, I was going to... I'm going to say the yeah. adrenal glands are dependent on bees, correct? This is we're, yeah. we're, this is the reason we're kind of coming back around in yeah. multiple different ways. But for the listeners, yeah. bees, the adrenal glands are dependent on bees. So this is why it's so important, awesome. the MTHFR and the adrenal glands. Okay, go. And, <laughs> and the B vitamins, not only are they helping out the adrenals, but the B vitamins are doing this B vitamin circle to make SAM. And SAM 
so you need yes the B12 but you also need the folate and you the thing is though is I would always be careful because I wouldn't want to say to everyone okay so just go out and buy some just folate and B12 we'll get right. there don't worry I'll get okay. you back there keep going okay I promise <laughs> <laughs> well, and okay, and so. let me just throw in something really quickly um, that yeah. you can also address is the fact that yeah, don't just run out and buy and and take bees, methyl bees, or whatever it is. Because no. um, for instance, we'll my there. son, my son mm-hmm. right. has high over the top bees, but I believe it's because his body isn't utilizing not, them. Not getting utilized. We'll get there. Don't worry. Keep okay. going. Okay. I promise. Okay. I promise. I have a plan okay. here, ladies. Has a plan. Okay. okay. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, you're leading us. Okay, good. Okay. The, um, <laughs> I love it. So the um, yeah, so these B vitamins are you know are important for you know yes for pregnancy, um, but for I would say for every day of our lives because like we talked about, we're all experiencing experiencing stress all the time. So we want to make sure that we have the right amount of B vitamins for you know each one of us, so that we are able to make this SAM. And um, and so that it can all do all the good stuff that it does for us. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. what happens when somebody with MTHFR gene variances? And they talked about this in the genetic summit. I don't know if you listened to that at all. Doctor Doctor Ben mm-hmm. Lynch is a huge proponent mm-hmm. of methylated bees. And he kind of dialed back a little bit, I noticed, on James Maskell's um, genetic summit. And I thought that was really, really interesting. And I was so grateful that they were so honest about the learning curve with this, with the genetics. Mm-hmm. So what happens, Dr. Donnie, when somebody with these MTHFR gene variants, and they don't know, let's just say they, they don't know, haven't done their genetic profile, don't have a fabulous doc like you, Oh gosh, I'm just going to run out and I'm going to grab some methylated bees. Mm-hmm. What potentially can happen there? Mhm. And and by the way, I've done um all all the trainings that Dr that my colleague Dr. Ben Lynch um has provided over the past few years, you know, to really educate myself on all of this. Um because I found He's out the guru. Yeah. Yes, I yeah. found a number of years back that I have two of the MTHFR SNPs and so and I'm always researching for patients and learning new things and broadening, you know, my approach. And so I have I've I, you know, have done all of those trainings. So I I, you know, know what you're referring to and and um and have am so thankful to him for, for helping so to thankful. teach me. Yeah. yeah. Um and um and yes, yeah, so it's this it's this point where you know, say, like you mentioned, you have a prenatal vitamin that has 800 micrograms of folic acid in it, and now listening to this, you're like, oh, shoot, that maybe I shouldn't be taking that. Um, and yet, you know, yes, you could go get a prenatal that has methylfolate instead, or it might say 5-MTHF folate instead, and then, and that would, you know, very likely be a good thing because you, now you're getting the the healthy form, the active form, I call it a folate. Um, but the reason why I, I mention for people to be cautious is because we're so individual. Um, right. You know, as much as we know that folate is a good thing and our bodies can use it um, more easily in most cases, um, the thing is, is that we're, you know, we're very unique. We don't, you may not, you need to kind of know not only what your SNPs are, do you have the, the two SNPs like I do, or maybe you have one, 
But not only that, you want to look at, um, I would say, more than anything, you want to have your blood tested for something called homocysteine because homocysteine comes after SAM. So in that B vitamin cycle I'm talking about called methylation, mm-hmm. after SAM, it gets turned into homocysteine. And the homocysteine is what then comes back around and comes together with the B12 and the folate to make SAM again. And you can, it's hard to test, like um, I think, Dana, you mentioned that, um, you know, you can measure B12 or folate in your blood, but a lot of times it shows high. And so it's not mm-hmm. a very useful test because it could just mean that you you recently took it or it's floating through your bloodstream, but are your, is your body really using those nutrients? So I don't find that testing B12 or folate is very right. helpful it, in blood work. He could have mm-hmm. taken a he could have taken a mm-hmm. taken the B12 right before he went and had the blood work done, and it would have mm-hmm. been yeah, high. Yeah, I don't remember. And, mm-hmm. and the ranges are just such that it it's not very it's not mm-hmm. an accurate way to answer the question we're asking. The question right. we're asking is. How well is this person's body using their B vitamins to make SAM? So if we just check the B12 or just the folate, it's not giving us that information. To get that information, we would need to really test the SAM level and or the homocysteine level. It's just that, like if you go to a regular lab to have your blood drawn and have it done covered by insurance, the test that's most easily done is called a homocysteine. So you can, a person could ask their doctor, or they can even order a homocysteine themselves and pay out of pocket for it, um, you know, blood work to get a homocysteine checked. Once you know your homocysteine, then you have much better information. It would be equivalent to with the thyroid. Let's say you're listening, you go, oh, maybe my symptoms indicate I have low thyroid, so I'm just going to go start taking thyroid support. No, we'd want to do the blood work first, right? We'd want to see what's your TSH, what's your T3, free T3, what's your free T4, so we can get the right dose of thyroid. Same thing when it comes to the B vitamins. We wouldn't want to just throw in a whole bunch of folate. Like I, just a couple days ago, uh, someone said to me that, you know, they found out they had MTHFR and their doctor said, okay, you've got to go on 15 milligrams of folate immediately. And... Oh my gosh, 15 milligrams is a lot. <laughs> we, were just, we were just talking about 800 um, micrograms, which is not even right. one milligram, let alone right. 15 milligrams. So my we gosh. All of a sudden, put in 15 milligrams and we never checked a homocysteine. It would be like, you know, someone going on, you know, 300 micrograms of Synthroid without ever checking their TSH. So it's. Right. Like a yeah, lit up panel board. That's how I explain yeah, it. All right. of a sudden, the panel board completely lights up. You're like, oh my god! <laughs> so you you want to check your homocysteine, and it you know sometimes it's tricky. Will insurance cover it? It's kind of it's it is a test they can do, but I would say if your if your doctor is hesitant to order it, then just get it done yourself. And I think in in your future there hopefully will be easier ways. I wish there was just a quick quick homocysteine test. I would you know, hopefully that's coming. There are labs, though, that will also test the SAM level, but it's more of a specialty test, so there you're most likely going to be paying out of pocket for it. But in cases where it's needed, where we really need that level of detail, we can measure the SAM and the one, there's another one called SAW. So we can, 
there are tests where we can get these details and that's when I see patients really do the best because we can fine tune it. They, we can really get their B vitamins optimized for them just like we would optimize the thyroid function, right? We want to get it to where you really know. And maybe, um, you know, for me, it might be I need one milligram of folate every day. And Dana, maybe you need two. And Tiffany, maybe you need only 500 micrograms. You know, we want to, and it could change based on your stress level, right? So if you're, mm-hmm. say you're having a, a month of, you know, your you know, buying a new house and moving or you're or you have a sick family member who you're caring for or you have a new business you're launching, you might then have a increased need for these B vitamins during that time. Be the same person. Right. So even yeah. as single individuals yes. B vitamins necessity yes. will change at different times in their life. Yes, wow. just like we were talking about with the thyroid, right? It, it, right? Our bodies are that adaptive to our stress and our environment. So we have to, wow. we need to be kind of noticing, hey, okay, I'm more stressed. I should really check on my homocysteine. Do I need, and you'll start to learn your body, you know, hey, okay, during this time frame, I kind of need a little bit more because, you know, when when we're more stressed, one easy way to think of it is when we're stressed, we make more, our bodies make more adrenaline, right? We're, we're familiar with adrenaline. It speeds us up, speeds up our heart rate, you know, gets us thinking faster. Um, it's useful when we're stressed to have a little more adrenaline. But to make and get rid of that extra adrenaline, we need more SAM. So how are we going to get more SAM? We've got to get it from our B vitamins. So it's, that shows you why, you know, that connection. And then like we talked about, we need more SAM for running these mitochondria to make energy, which also helps our thyroid function better. Um, so it's all interconnected. Now, low SAM-E can also be associated with depression, correct? It can. It can. It's SAM, um, because SAM manages serotonin and dopamine, I mean, a lot of times when people think of depression, we think of serotonin, right? We're thinking, oh, right. it's almost like a almost on automatic, and I want to caution about that, too, because depression is not always about serotonin, but sometimes it is, it, but sometimes low mood can also be from low thyroid, um, low mood can also be from low adrenaline or low dopamine can create lower mood, so what I like to do is I like to actually measure the neurotransmitter levels, so we can measure them, too, we measure them in urine most often, and we can actually see what the serotonin level is and the dopamine and the glutamine. And so we can really find out what's going on in this person's body. So when we can put all these pieces together, right, so now we can know their genetics, we can know the MTHFR, but I would encourage, say if you find out you have MTHFR SNP, I would want to know your other genes in that B vitamin cycle as well. Yes. You were reading my mental telepathy because I've been in my head going, don't forget to ask about CBS and COMT. There's other things that can play a role in that yes. homocysteine and, and methylation pathway. So, so yes. you read my M- mind. MTGFR is like, kind of like the tip of the iceberg. I mean, I'm glad for it because it's really raised our awareness that, hey, we can do something about this. But, An amazing and- tool, yeah. Yeah, so MTHFR, we want to know, but it's really, that's just the conversion of folic acid to folate. Each of the steps in this process, of this B vitamin process to make SAM, each of those steps has a different gene. 
so, you know, it's like learning a whole new language, <laughs> but so I don't want to overwhelm everyone with all the details, but it's, you want to look at, you know, okay, here's MTGFR. Now, what about the, what about the gene that makes the methyl B12, which is MTRR? And what about, what about the, the gene and the enzyme that turns everything into SAM, which is called the MAT? And then you mentioned CBS, which is the gene that can make homocysteine go down the pathway to make glutathione. And glutathione is our, our main antioxidant or cell protector. So it's, we can look at each step in the process and use that information for good. You know, so instead of looking at these genes and going, oh my gosh, I'm in trouble, I would look at those genes and say, oh, how wonderful. Now I can understand why this person's body needs a little bit more help to maintain healthy neurotransmitter levels or needs a little bit more help to maintain healthy SAM levels. And then we can address those things. Right, and it's that's one so of the reasons why we love you, because of you. the positive spin you put on things, and 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 you really should look at look at life that way, living that way. It's not mm-hmm. what you don't have; it's what all the things you do have and what you can do with them. Mm-hmm. And I think most importantly, I want to point out for people too is when you have a practitioner that does not understand, like Dr. Donnie, the whole ramifications, and they put you thing on things like glutathione without knowing those particular things, it literally just made you a guinea pig. You're, like, going to get tortured when that whole big picture is not being addressed like Dr. Donnie does and is explaining. Mm-hmm. It's, it can be uh, torture, torture, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it it definitely, well, what can happen is you're either not feeling better, you know, like right. say you try some of the things and you go, oh, well, why do I still not feel good? Or you feel worse, you know, like worse, very right. common will be a person, a practitioner says, okay, take the folate, which is great because they're noticing the MTGFR and they're realizing that maybe folate is necessary. But if the person takes extra folate or even extra folate in B12 and they end up getting headaches or feeling anxious or they can't sleep, that tells us that the dose is not right, that we got to look more carefully and figure out, okay, what are we missing? Maybe we have to look at the other genes. Um, And this is why over the last number of years as I've been helping patients with this, I'm always looking for patterns, right? This is just the way my brain works. So I'm, I'm always looking for patterns, and what I've been able to do is create a system that now I walk people through. Because if we, like any system, right, if we enter, if we go backwards, if we start at the end, we're much more likely to have a negative experience, right? We're more likely to get headaches or can't sleep or not feel better. But if we start at the top of the system and work down step by step, we're most likely to get the best results. And that's what I want from people. You know, I want them to be able to be able to go, okay, yes, if I do step one first and step two next and step three next, then I'm most likely to achieve that optimal health I'm looking for. Um, mm, we and, love and you. It, <laughs> and it may, one of the, the first step in those five, just so you have a sense of it, um, I'm referring to it as like remove the blocks, remove the things that inhibit these pathways because that's another little um, subtlety that we haven't mentioned yet is we're talking about the genes and how the genes could influence these pathways but 
also there's other things that can influence these B vitamin pathways. Stress itself, we did talk about how stress itself can influence the pathway, and so we have to adapt based on stress. But also things like inflammation. So say there's that leaky gut and gluten sensitivity and inflammation happening, now this B vitamin cycle is not going to work as well. And we're gonna, it's gonna, it may influence how much B vitamins a person can take without feeling worse. So right. to me, then, what we want to do is, instead of just starting with putting in folate, we need to start by addressing the leaky gut and the food sensitivities to drop the inflammation. Or if they have imbalanced bacteria in the gut, right, so if there's overgrowing candida or bacteria that are overgrowing and producing toxins, called one called LPS, for example, if those right. bacteria are producing toxins, that also blocks the pathways that create SAM. So to me, it's, you know, if I'm putting in folate and we're running into these roadblocks, then we're not getting anywhere, right? It's like, what's the point? That, that's a dead end. We need to back up and start at the beginning, which would be let's help decrease the things that block methylation to begin with. Let's, Let's address the leaky gut. Let's address the food sensitivities or bacterial imbalances. Or for some people, it's that they have metal exposure, right, from mercury or lead exposure. Um, maybe they have mold toxin exposure um, from mold in the house. You know, I'm looking for anything that's a stress on their system. And as we can address those stresses now and the inflammation drops, um, then already the B vitamin cycle starts working better on its own. So some people, they end up not even needing any more folate at all because it was just a matter of removing the things that were preventing it from working in the plate first place. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Yeah, so that we, that's where I start, is I start by, again, back to the stress, right? So we start with, okay, let's look at how stress affects each person. Is it affecting their cortisol? Is it affecting their digestion, their neurotransmitters? Let's get a full picture. Let's start working on addressing the things that just create more roadblocks all along the way. And once we clear that up, then we can identify which other nutrients and how much folate to introduce. And and I want to talk about, I don't know if this is circling back or not, but, um, you know, not only, you know, stress, do you think going to, you know, your job mm -hmm. and doing this, and stressors affect people totally differently. So not only mm -hmm. stress, but how you as an individual mm -hmm. manages mm -hmm. or handles stress is so important because mm -hmm. I'm sitting here thinking about myself, number one, mm -hmm. and my son, and I'm pretty sure he just doesn't manage stress very well, probably because of a lot of these issues, uh, for sure. But just thinking about that, you know, it's not just the stressors that you have, but how you actually do well with the managing of it. Designed. Mm -hmm. Designed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how you're designed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's, 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 in, it's so influenced by, it's what I call our stress fingerprint, right? Because we're so individually. <laughs> so we each have a stress fingerprint and our stress fingerprint is made up of our genetics because our genetics do influence how we respond to stress um, and it's also made up of our stress exposure you know sort of 
exposure that we the stress we've been exposed to even in childhood and research even shows that stress that our grandparents were exposed to influences how we respond to stress today so if you think of your genetics related to stress and your stress exposure that would determine your stress fingerprint how is it that your body is going to respond at this moment in time and it can change throughout your lifetime Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> top tips for drug-free recovery from adrenal distress. What would be top mm-hmm. tips? I mean, obviously, you know, the complexity is, is mm-hmm. you know, for a mm-hmm. a doctor like Dr. Donnie to help guide you through it. But some top tips that everybody can do. Dr. Mm-hmm. Donnie, what would be your favorite ones to recover from adrenal distress? Well, and these are things that I do, too, because I've had adrenal distress. I've had low thyroid. Um, you know, so I learn a lot from my body as well. And then I learned from patients, you know, working with patients for almost 20 years. Um, and I think of things that, you know, you can do even on a day-to-day basis that um, just constantly help your body have moments to recover from stress. So that might be, for some people, might be meditation, even if it's a minute or two of meditation or any kind of mindfulness. You know, mindfulness can be basically just taking a few minutes to do nothing but be present in this moment. If it's taking a walk outside and noticing, you know, the the trees and the leaves and the flowers or whatever you see, those are moments of mindfulness and the amazing research shows how our bodies actually pick up on that. Like it seems so, you know, you're kind of like, oh, that's just a walk in the park, no big deal. But our brains and our bodies pick up on all those signals. And just like our bodies picked up on stress signals and it had such a profound effect, our body can pick up on these sort of anti-stress or nature signals. And it has the very opposite effect. It brings our hormones to optimal, brings our neurotransmitters to balance, helps our B vitamin cycle work better. So it can even be these a minute. Like I would say, even if you take, set your little timer uh, for, you know, every hour when you're working and take a minute to just either take a deep breath, take a walk, do a little bit of exercise. It could be some squats or some, you know, uh, uh, stretching. Um, you know, just taking breaks is is something that sometimes I think we lose track of. Like we just think, oh, I'm going to just get through this one more thing, and next thing you know, the whole day has gone by. <laughs> so right. really realizing that our body is so responsive, and if we give it these little chances, it can um, use them to help us rebalance. And breathing, right? Breathing is huge. I noticed that. Breathe. You know, As I'm my sitting body here holding will my naturally breath. sigh. Right. <laughs> the body will naturally sigh when it needs to. You know what I'm saying? Where you just, for me, when I take that, you know, focus on breathing or take that deep breath, you know, it can completely reshift my mindset. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, and and that's it. You want to find what works for you. You know, so if it's for you, usually these are things you may do automatically. You know, so if it's for you, you go, oh, yeah, when I take take a few breaths or maybe you like essential oils and you the essential oils help you breathing in a a scent that's also helps you reset from stress very helpful right or maybe another person it's gardening or spending time with their pets there's a music yes 
putting on music, definitely, taking your dog for a walk. There's so many things. Even drinking a cup of tea has been shown to help. So it's, there's all kinds, these, I call them stress remedies. You know, they're little, just little stress remedies that we can sprinkle throughout the day and help us without even being stressed about them, right? We can just do them in a way where it's these little moments of enjoyment. Yes, there are also, you know, when you're working, especially if you're working with a, a naturopathic or functional medicine practitioner, they can they can test your cortisol and they can test your adrenaline levels and they can test your nutrient levels and they can help create a really clear plan for you of nutrients and herbs and homeopathic remedies that help your body, you know, even on a deeper level to get your cortisol back and your leaky gut healing and, you know, all of that is possible. Um, at the same time, though, I think it's these little stress remedies we can sprinkle through the day that, you know, can definitely make a difference. I love, that's wonderful, little stress remedies that we can sprinkle throughout the day. I'm going to just write <laughs> that down and put quotes. Dr. Donnie Wilson, and tape it up. I love it. Fabulous. That's awesome. Now, I have a quick question for you, and I know that this is a very, very individual situation, but can adaptogen supplementation, uh, you know, like help or hinder uh, Mm -hmm. thyroid meds, can it make things a little bit more complex when somebody's just kind of throwing Mm -hmm. those in there together? Yes, and it's a really good point because what I find is a lot of people assume that their cortisol is high, right? Because we're thinking, I'm stressed, my cortisol must be high. And actually, with, in the studies I did, that, that's, that we rarely guess correctly. <laughs> so right. a lot of people, we test their cortisol and it ends up being too low. And the reason it's important when it comes to adaptogens is, yes, adaptogen, there's definitely adaptogens that can work no matter whether your cortisol is a little high or a little low, um, but what you really want is you want to be more specific about it, right? You want right, to know for right. sure, is my cortisol too high? In which case, I would want to use an herb that's really good at lowering it. Or right. is your cortisol too low? In which case, you want to use an adaptogen that's going to be really good at raising it back up again. Right. So you, right. I really encourage testing the cortisol instead of guessing so that you can know that you're on the right adaptogen. And, and to answer your question, once you're on the right herb, like say you're, in a lot of times in my case, the cortisol is too low in the morning, so I'll take rhodiola to help raise my cortisol in the morning, then it's actually going to send a better signal to my thyroid. So my thyroid's going to be better functioning because I'm on the right herb for my cortisol that's going to send the right signal to my thyroid. Now, if I don't know and say I'm say my cortisol's not low, but I'm still taking rhodiola, now I'm pushing my cortisol too high, and that would have a negative effect on my thyroid because it's sending a, the wrong signal. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes, and I noticed in your article, which I loved that you said, is it, you know, it's also very, um, you know, your needs fluctuate throughout the day, like you said. Mm-hmm. So you would choose, mm-hmm. once you knew that cortisol, and what is your best cortisol, your favorite, the 24-hour salivary? What's your favorite I, cortisol test, Dr. Donnie? I like to test cortisol at different times a day so that we, because we want, I want to know as a practitioner, I want in terms of giving the best dosing recommendations, I want to know what is the cortisol when a person first gets up or within an hour of waking up, 
what is their cortisol in the middle of the day or say, especially if you have a time of day where you feel more tired, I want to know your cortisol right then. <laughs> or, uh-huh. And then I want to know what's your cortisol in the evening, like say if it's after work or, you know, kind of is it getting too high in the evening when it should be going low. Um, and then I want to know cortisol at bedtime so that we can see is that influencing either your sleep or, you know, what's happening while you sleep. So I, you can do that either with saliva, where you're spitting in a tube, you know, morning, noon, evening, right. and bedtime. Right, times, right. Yeah, uh-huh. or you, you, there, you can also, there are urine tests as well now where we can measure cortisol, you know, with a urine sample at different times of day. So your main thing is different times during the day. That's the mm-hmm. main thing when, when mm-hmm. you're experiencing these changes. And you could do it in blood work, too, but the tricky thing is then you have to have your blood drawn at different times of day, so it's usually easier to use saliva or urine. Well, and that reminds me of blood sugar, you know, know, Mm -hmm. that whole fasting glucose, but there's so many people that could burn off and change that by the time they actually got to the lab or, you know, then you have blood pressure when you're waiting to get it done, it's affecting and... It's just it's a that reminds me of that. If you had to run to yeah. the lab, you know what what mm-hmm. all would be changing on yeah. the way there. You mm-hmm. know? Let alone getting poked by a needle that can affect your cortisol too. Yeah. Hey, right, yeah. right, <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh, in your article, um, you mentioned the needs changing throughout the day for these different adaptogens. You know, mm-hmm. you wouldn't want to take, like you said, one that you know that changes it the opposite way without knowing, and that's mm-hmm. that's so important and the amount and then you want to recheck it over time i was talking to another patient earlier today where you know in the past she had a very high cortisol in the evening and so we were using you know specific herbs to help get the body to calm that down and send the signal to the brain okay we don't really need that much cortisol in the evening and now in a recent test her levels were normal so she's she's now not taking those herbs because her body right. can now maintain a healthy low level of cortisol in the evening, um, and so you want to then you know retest to see what you know where what's working. If it's not working, we've got to change formulas and change doses. And once we get it to where we want it to be, then it's all about maintenance. Then it's all about okay, knowing your genetics and your stress exposure. So knowing your stress fingerprint, <laughs> let's. Let's now create a plan where you just know here's the amounts that you, if you take on a daily basis, you're going to stay most stable over time. Hmm. <sighs> okay. Well, we're all lining up. We're banging on your door. Just wait. <laughs> Dan and I are going to fly out to Connecticut and take the ferry mm-hmm. with you. Wouldn't that be fun? It would be fun. I would love it. Well, Death, come we could do a live with cold. Dr. Donnie. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it does get cold and icy here eventually. Well, I um, I I created another way for people to work with me because, um, because I know I realize that it can be hard to find you know um, practitioners, and even then sometimes it's it's the you know can be the expense of you know um, doing a you know the the appointments and the testing. So I've um, recently come up with an idea, which is uh, a way to do a group session. And I'm starting with a um, group session related to um, what we've been talking about today, the MTHFR and methylation and and adrenals. Um, So um, 
I wanted to mention that because I'm just Please. I've just made it available. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and it's I'm I'm gonna you know we're gonna this way we can get on together um on a like a video call and I'll talk more in depth about the things we talked about today and really help people start to get going on this path of discovering you know what do they need to do to implement these steps to have it benefit their health. Um, so, so you do you want me to share the the yes, page where they can find that? Okay, it's um. On my website, if it, which is just drdonnie.com, but spell it out. So it's d-o-c-t-o-r-d-o-n-i.com. So Donnie is spelled D-O-N-I. Um, and then it's just forward slash and the word group. So G-R-O-U-P, like group, the group program. So just huh. drdonnie.com forward slash group. And there you will find... Um, you can find the information, and you can you can sign up so that um, I can send you, email you the information, or um, you'll see there's also a link to in on my website. There's a store, and you can um, starting today actually you could um, sign up for that group session in the Dr. Donnie store. Oh, how neat! Mhm. I love it. D o c t o r Donnie d o n i dot com mm-hmm. slash group. I'm there now. There you go. I'm already there. I'm loving it. This is so neat. How fabulous. Yeah. Yeah, cuz it's And there's I'm a here. take the quiz. <laughs> take oh, our quiz, quiz, everybody. I took the <laughs> quiz. Yeah, I have the uh that's an adrenal stress quiz. So if you're wondering, you know, after this conversation how stress is affecting your health, that adrenal stress quiz is intended for helping you to just see is you know, how is stress affecting you? And then it comes with uh, a little book I wrote called the Adrenal Recovery Guide, and it um, it walks you through, you know, how to start helping your body recover from adrenal distress. Um, so, yeah, so we've got some, some things right there that you can follow up with to help you learn more. Well, you know, we want to talk, we want to make sure everybody knows about your um, your first book, um, Stress Remedy, but we also want to talk about, really quickly, tell us, I know you've got a new book coming out, and we want everybody mm-hmm. to be prepared, so tell us a little bit about sure. it before we let you go. Oh, thank you. Uh, I'm. It's a book about sleep, so it's, um, as I've mentioned, you know, not getting enough sleep is a big stress, and it's really common. You know, not everybody considers it to be insomnia. I think that's interesting, because I'll be talking to people and they won't really say I have insomnia necessarily, but they do tell me that they're waking up through the night or getting less than six hours of sleep or struggling in some way with their sleep. And so I'm really passionate about helping people get better sleep because it's one of the stresses that we can do something about, right? There's so many stresses around us that we don't really have control over, but with sleep, let's do something about it. You know, let's, there's, there's a lot of things we can do to help sleep improve. And, and when we do help sleep improve, it has such a positive effect on adrenal recovery as well as on this whole MTHFR and methylation, right? All of that works better when we sleep. And we know that when we get better sleep, we're healthier. We are more productive at work. We, we don't catch colds as often. We um, have a healthier weight. We prevent diabetes, heart disease, and cancer. There's so much good that comes from sleep. But not getting enough sleep can be such a stress for people. So that's why I, I'm writing this book about sleep and, 
and natural ways to help you with sleep. So, yeah, thank you. I'm excited about it. When do you think that's uh, headed to the stores? I'm I'm hoping for early in 2018. So okay, not too long. Yeah. Good. We'll keep an eye out for it, and we'll definitely mention it when it get time gets closer. We'll uh, let people know uh, where they can buy the book and that it's been launched. So don't worry about that, okay? So don't uh, forget about her fabulous group program she has going on. It looks really wonderful. I'm on the page right now. You can find it by going to d-o-c-t-o-r-d-o-n-i.com slash group. And uh, if you'll go to the store, it's right there. I see it with her pretty picture. This is such a neat uh, plan for people, a neat way for people to get together and get some help, some much-needed help um, at a very affordable price. So thank you for doing that. That is fabulous. And as always, we love having you, Dr. Donnie. You're just a treat and a gem. And Tiffany and I just uh, couldn't say, you know, too many more wonderful things about you than we already do. (laughs) When you were (laughs) offline, we were just singing your praises. And and then all of a sudden you chime in on Facebook. And I was like, oh, her ears were burning. She knew we were saying good things. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. It's a pleasure. I really appreciate all that you do to share this information with people and really help, you know, ask the questions that they're thinking and share the information that they're needing. So thank you so much for what you do. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And we welcome. need to have her back on with the new book. Yeah, we will. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll plan it. Don't we worry. We love it when you come back. <laughs> yep. Thank you. Yeah, it's my pleasure. We'll do it again soon. Okay, thank you. Have Sounds a great, good. great day. You too. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, bye. <sighs> I'm telling you, it sounds terrible, but she's a clonable doc. Yeah. I mean, she's therapeutic in and of herself. Can you imagine sitting in her in her office and I imagine she'd be like, "How are no, you?" No, she does. I guarantee you, that's Doctor Donnie's first question. How are you? Yeah, you I know, know, I and she genuinely cares how you answer that question. I know. <laughs> she's a clonable doc. I'm telling you, she is. <laughs> she just makes you feel and good. And her, even her website is so soothing. Do you notice that the greens I know. and the teals and the you know, and she has some amazing blog posts on adrenal distress and MTHFR and methylation, and she gets very in-depth, even the, the additional genetic issues, and um, she's super doc, I'm telling you. She is. She is. I want to put her in my pocket. She just seems like just this little so cute sweet, thing, right? you know? You know? <laughs> Uh, okay, you can okay. find all things Dr. Donnie, D-O-C-T-O-R-D-O-N-I dot com, the quiz, the programs, the blogs, and all things all things wonderful her. I believe you can also get there by going to D-R-D-O-N-I dot com and it will redirect you. So just get on com. You'll find her. <laughs> just get to her. <laughs> It is. It kind of links you both ways. Lots of people are doing that now. Like if someone Mm -hmm. makes a mistake and, you know, they're they're buying that, which is really super smart when you Mm -hmm. think about it. Darn it. I'm going to email her. I wanted to ask her what her favorite uh, genetic testing program was, whether it was 23andMe or something else. I'll have to to email her. Yeah, message her. I know there's some other ones now, so I'm curious. Pooh, that's all right. Yeah. 
I mean, we could have talked for hours. She was just, I was just like learning and, and listening and I was just trying to pay attention. And then I'd be like, oh, wait, I was going to say something. Okay, never mind. I'm just going to keep listening. Yeah, no, she's, she's one of those docs. She's really smart and she, um, she winds it down pretty great for everybody to understand. So she's one of our favorites. Okay, as always, everybody, thank you to our listeners. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you get a free moment and you enjoy our shows, we would love it if you left us a review on iTunes. Go there to iTunes.com. You can go to ThyroidNation.com, and uh, it'll click you through. So also, if you've also missed um, any of the podcasts, you can download them while you're on, tunes, leaving a, on iTunes, leaving us a review or Stitcher or Google Play. Um, so you can listen to them when you're driving or stuck in traffic or going across the ferry. <laughs> or going across the ferry. Right, or going oh, on true, going right? across the water on the ferry, excuse me. Uh-huh. You know, that sounds terrible, but that would be so therapeutic for me. It would, me the too. Water I love water. And the, mm-hmm. Right, right, or driving mm-hmm. to work through the Smoky Mountains. I know we have a couple mm-hmm. of practitioners up in the Smoky Mountains, too. <laughs> that would just be so very therapeutic, and you can choose these things. That's the deal, right? So the, the stressor mm-hmm. would be, you know, choosing something less stressful. Better way to do it. Okay, please be sure to check out Thyroid Nation Essentials at thyroidnation.com. Wonderful, clean, preservative, and synthetic-free skincare, uh, specifically designed with essential oils to, to help ease thyroid symptoms. Uh, two that Dr. Uh, Donnie mentioned, breathing with essential oils. We have Brain Awake Inhaler, which is one of our best sellers. Uh, very helpful with memory and cognition issues, and even fatigue. And then we also have Brain Chill which I don't think is on the site yet, um, but I'll put a link through Grateful Garden, too. I know Dana's doing some really exciting updates for Thyroid Nation, and yep. uh, we'll have yep. it on there, but I'll put uh, where you could get that through Grateful Garden, too. But that's uh, wonderful for easing anxiety and helping uh, breathe deeply with a little bit of bergamot and some lavender and some Elan Elan and just wonderful stress-easing um, and that was based on a study to help lower blood pressure, too. I designed that uh, specifically for that. So she's right. Essential oils can help. But, of course, deep breathing just in and of itself can be very, very beneficial. Helps me a lot. Take a deep breath. And, you know, basically not holding your breath. Because when you said deep breathing, I find, found myself holding my breath. So I really need to get better at well, breathing. I would imagine you when you're stressed, right? I do I that, know. too, honey. I mean, you're just you're just mm. like... <gasps> You know what I mean? You're so, so just even to go and like make it intentional to take a deep breath. Breathing is huge. Oh my gosh, there's so much medical documentation on breathing and lowering blood pressure. And it, it's just, <sighs> it's very healing in and of itself. We need to have Demo back on. Demo, mm-hmm. Demo, Phil. <laughs> right? Or Lauren, Kayfred. Right. And yeah, right, the breathing right? Expert, There's right? so many breathing practitioners that can help you mm-hmm. breathe. Right? That's a simple stress tactic. <sighs> relieving tactic. <laughs> and I am still working on um sharing some kind of exciting news bit by bit as it comes up and as I'm able to share about our this new wonderful project I'm working on with my fabulous partner Jenny. I was hoping to have something to share or a website for you to sign up for updates on uh, today but I don't so we're going to try for next week so keep a listen don't out for worry. that and don't that's right we're excited it's coming. and we'll wait yep <laughs> it's coming and 
Don't forget to check out thriveprobiotic.com. Of course, Tiffany and I went on and on earlier. Uh, we just love it, both of us. <laughs> get on their email list. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get on the probiotic too, but get on the email list so you understand what you're taking and why it's mm-hmm. different than other probiotics. That's really important. And perseverance in taking something, right? Mm-hmm. Awesome studies. It's a no-brainer, truly. No-brainer. I'm going to hashtag that out. Make sure to follow Thyroid Nation at thyroidnation.com on all social media platforms and join our Hoshies and Grays Facebook group uh, so we, you can find out who the upcoming guests are. Next week we have Kurt Gare talking about um, laser therapy for thyroid, so it's going to be really exciting. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is very cool. We love Kurt Gare too. And, of course, Dana and I always want to remind you that wellness is a journey and takes continual maintenance and evaluation. I know we say this every time and it sounds very trite, but you could even hear it with Dr. Donnie. Your B vitamins, right, are going to change with time and and your adrenal adaptogens are going to change based on your stress levels during the day throughout. This is a continual, I am doing well, let's check in with your body. All that information is there. It gives it to you. Don't tune it out. We're making it less fluffy today. Don't tune it out. Got to listen to it. It's unique to you. Tells you everything. That's right. Okay, guys, this is Dana. And Tiffany. Your Thyroid Nation Thrivers, bringing the collective voice of Thyroid Thrivers worldwide so that together, united we heal. And we are. Have a great week. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.